Hey, what's your secret? Intriguing revelations, confessions, hilarious, risque, and incredibly wonderful things. Welcome to Things That Happen in Gyms. I'm your host, Elaine Huba, an award-winning personal trainer. Join me with exciting special guests as we reveal stories once told only behind the fitness scenes. Hey, what's your story? What's your story? Ryan Volk is an international semi-professional fast-pitch softball player and coach, bodybuilder, and personal trainer who holds numerous sport awards. We talk about the simple aspect of fitness and nutrition, how guys focus on upper body and girls work on legs. Ryan reveals the purpose of life and Elaine literally rescues a friend on the bench press. I was really happy, honestly, that you you contacted me. I mean, I, I was surprised a little bit to see that you were in, into doing like podcasts. I mean, you went to university for uh, the lab technician, wasn't it? I was working as a lab technician. I was getting paid for that. I originally was doing pre-med. I thought after I got my undergraduate degree that I would just work as a personal trainer temporary until I really figured out what <laughs> I wanted to do or continue with my education. I just loved it so much that I continued and just that's what I built my career off of. Oh, well, we should be recording this. I mean, this is all really good, good information for people. Believe me. I'm recording. Oh, you are. <laughs> I had no idea. Surprise. You just started just like that. Hey, yeah. hey, Elaine. Hi. Yeah, welcome to the show. <laughs> if, uh, if people listen long enough, we'll, we'll tell you the purpose and meaning of life. Once we catch up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I, I think something that you're getting at and something I believe in too is you really have to live your best life you oftentimes get into things like education. Like I went to University of Toronto, went there to be a screenwriter, and I actually did a minor in kinesiology. It just occurred to me that sports had always been the thing that I loved the most, you know, and I continue to write. I mean, there was always that draw to go back to sports. And I mean, training, uh, the gym, it's always been a big part of my life, too. I know from my experience of, of knowing you, you know, you've definitely taken the right choice. I would say, I mean, not that you wouldn't be a great doctor or whatever you were hoping to become, but I mean, uh, you've definitely become a fantastic trainer and a, a professional in the field. So all the better to us for you deciding to do that. So thanks, Elaine. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's just been, I don't know, it's just been fun. A job where you wake up every day excited to do your job. So it's not really a job in a way. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I believe in being passionate about the things that you do i mean you don't know if you're going to be here for a week or another month or a year uh, i really believe that if you have things that you want to do in areas of interest i mean money has to be secondary you really have to pur pursue the things that make your life worth living it's interesting to know what motivates people isn't it i mean i think that's part of communicating with people finding out what makes people tick motivation for athletes and everyday life personally gone everywhere from starting in my own basement, you know, with a few little free weights to uh, university gyms. My university gym, uh, I get to York University, and I was trying out for the hockey team there. The very first day that I walk in there, I'm training uh, on the track with my group of 20 guys, and I look over to the side, and who's on the, the track? You've got Donovan Bailey. you got Ben Johnson uh, trying to make his comeback. you got Bruni Surin. We're doing push-ups instead of, you know, the classic stuff, like the free squats. And, like, you think you're pretty tough, like you're a tough <laughs> hockey player. And then 
you look over and see these guys training. I mean, we're talking about world-class athletes. And it was my first experience with seeing what real athletes really do. These guys started, uh, I'll just give you an example of what they were doing for training. Their very first thing they did before they even took their track pants off was they set up hurdles that were probably about uh, a meter, a uh, meter, a meter and, and a quarter high. They set them up about that high and they set them up about, I, I guess, about five yards between each other and for 60 yards down the track. And they stood one after the other and did plyometric jumping just on two feet, starting from one side, just hop, 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 hop all the way down the track over those hurdles like nothing. I mean, it would have taken me like serious warm up, serious training just to be able to, to jump over five of those like that. And these guys did it for a warm up and then went about their sprinting techniques and then went and lifted weights. There is a mindset between top level athletes in any field, people that just want to achieve. And part of that starts with what we were talking about was absolutely loving your sport, loving what you do, wanting to get up and wanting to eat right. I know for myself, I eventually got back to playing fastball and that was my one true love, Elaine. I mean, it's gotten me around the world, you know, to a point where I I wouldn't have thought I I could have gotten paid to go get picked up and play. But on the other hand, you know, I, I did go out, I did the training tell you and, and, and anybody out there that if you can find that thing that makes you passionate in life, it's going to make you excited to get up every day. You've been a personal trainer for quite a while now. What are some of the things that you see that motivate people in, in an average gym these days? I mean, you've also been a, a trainer who, who has uh, excelled at, at high level sport as well. I mean, I don't know how many people out there know it, that you've been a, a champion powerlifter. Yeah. What, what is it that you see motivates other people? The general population type gyms, the main motivation is just lifestyle based. People want to be healthy for their kids. They want to get out there and play whatever sport recreationally. Obviously, there's a lot of weddings coming up or a special event. It's kind of those image related goals based on body composition. But I think in general, most people just want to live healthy and live the best life they can for as long as possible. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, everybody wants to look good. I mean, that that's a motivating factor for a lot of people to go into the gym. I mean, when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm uh, here, so I was always fairly strong, and I took the weight training, you know, pretty well, being a multi-sport athlete in hockey, basketball, football, you know, volleyball, all that sort of thing. There was always a motivation to impress girls, too. <laughs> that is from a, a young age, of course, right? Of course. I, I think the thing that especially that I didn't know as a younger person or I didn't think about was longevity, just longevity, living a, a healthy life. I'm 43 years old now. And like, I, I know as well as you do, Elaine, there's no training on the world that you're going to do for the next 50, 60, 70 years where you're just going to stick to that program and do that. Like, it's not physically possible. It's not mentally possible. I, I would say um, my experience of being in, in the fitness gyms people were training for the wrong reasons. I mean, and that's why things like drug abuse, uh, for instance, became or is rampant. I mean, it was in the 80s, it was in the 90s, right through until now. I mean, I think we're a society of people that oftentimes we want big now, we want fit now. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're doing it healthily. And if you can train as healthy as you can for longevity, that's more important. I mean, I'm no angel either. I mean, I've, I've tried 
different kinds of, of exercising and dieting and like all, all kinds of like bad things where you think, oh yeah, this person, look at them. I want to look like that too. But it's always come back no matter what I've tried to eating fresh, healthy food, cutting out on, on sugar, cutting out on the alcohol. Like you got to know what these things do to you. Keeping wellness simple. It always comes back to just the simplest principles in terms of nutrition, just eating healthily in moderation and exercising, just the most simplest concepts. <laughs> and it is, it gets very complicated because of advertisement in the fitness mm. nutrition industry. And I think people just see getting results as way more complicated than it needs to be. Just getting back to basics, getting back to Get enough sleep, get enough water, teach you how to make small modifications in your diet over time that are sustainable that you can do for the rest of your life. Those habits like you're talking about, you know, getting into good habits, that's really what it's about. And, and it is like changing things sometimes slowly over time. Just deciding to eat more vegetables, cut out some of the sweets, for instance. I mean, the next thing you know, your body makes the adjustment and you're not craving that stuff. I mean, for myself, if it's in my house, I will tend to eat it. Yeah. So therefore, I just don't buy it, you know, like yeah. I keep it simple. Yeah, how does it get in your um, house? You got to buy it. Just don't buy it. Seems always simple. easy from the outside. You know, and another thing you said, simple. I mean, that's a great word because I'll tell you what, of all the training that I've done, you know, from, from powerlifting to like heavy lifting, bodybuilding, plyometrics, the one thing that was the easiest to do and still is to this day is put on my shoes and go out for a walk five kilometers, an hour long walk, you would be amazed if you do that every day. Number one, mentally, how much better you feel. Physically, how quickly you can actually uh, lose fat weight and maintain lean body weight. And then if you simply just add small exercises to that, and it only has to be body weight. I mean, let's be honest, you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars a month to go to gyms. I mean, your best gym is your body weight and a little bit of area in your room. You know, you can add skipping to that for like the best cardio. You couldn't buy a machine, a cardio machine for the amount that you can buy a skipping rope and do twice the work. Goals in perspective. The evolution of my own training, being in these different atmospheres amongst, amongst different kinds of, of athletes, what are you trying to achieve? in your life? Are you really thinking about what's best for you, your longevity? I find a lot of times with my clients that have image-based goals is what they originally come to me with. Oh, they want to lose this much weight. They want a specific area of their body to be smaller or whatever type of goal they have for their appearance. When I switch it on them to say, okay, let's see how strong you can get, can fix any type of mobility issues you might have, rehab any past injuries that are still bothering you, and just focus on getting stronger. They kind of forget about those image goals, but then later, they're so excited about how much stronger they're getting and how much better they're feeling. Then later, they're surprised that, hey, my clothes are fitting different. These goals that I had for image-based reasons just happened naturally when I wasn't focusing on them. But previously, when that's all they cared about, weigh themselves every day, they measure themselves, they're just looking in the mirror. Those goals never seem to happen exactly how they wanted because they were just so focused on it. But by turning it and having fun with them, having fun with their training, having different measurement goals, they just, the other goals just happened without them 
even really trying in a way. You're, you're able to kind of go about rewiring people in, in positive ways. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we'll put it this way. I'm one of those people, like, I have a spiritual belief as well. The Purpose of Life and Spiritual Musings That uh, there are workings of the universe that work to conspire with us. If uh, we put our thoughts on positive things, we get positive. And uh, likewise, if you put your mind on negative things, even subconsciously, I mean, you're going to get those negative things. It's the law of attraction is what they call it. Uh, I, I believe it wholeheartedly. The funny thing about life is that when you have goals, you tend to achieve those goals in ways that you never even dreamed. I mean, the, the funny thing about how life works out is that you don't know how it's going to get there. What it does take of you is the conscious decision and effort to take that first step. When the universe provides you with the next opportunity, you have to take that next step. That is the work that goes into it. The better you get at conquering the mastery of your mental self, your spiritual self, the physical self has to follow. So I I promised people that uh, I'd mention what's the purpose of life. You know what the purpose of life is, Elaine? Tell me. I want to know. No. Well, I mean, I can't say that I'm right. I I can't say I'm right. I I have ideas and I'm willing to accept, you know, with new information, maybe uh, I have to change my thinking. I mean, that's part of being... A cultured, civilized person, isn't it? I mean, we're supposed to be a civilized society. I think that the purpose of life is to do things. It's simply to do things. Do things that interest you. Do things to help other people, you know, to be a a good citizen, a good neighbor. I mean, the old saying, do unto others is you would do unto yourself. I mean, that's just not a Christian uh, ethos. I mean, that's the ethos that holds true for Hinduism and uh, Buddhism. I mean, you name it. It just makes sense. Be good. Let's work together and figure out how to make things right, make things good for all of us. And life will just be better for each of us. Now, meaning of life. I really believe that through doing things and discovering your purpose in life, that you will personally find out what your meaning of life is. The other day, I think over text, you talked about mentally healing your shoulder. I was really interested in that. How do you mentally heal your shoulder? How do you mentally heal your shoulder? Yeah, tell me. That spiritual philosophy, you know, that you can actually manifest things in the physical by first visualizing them in the etheric or the, the mental, the spiritual plane. It depends how strong, in my opinion, your uh, your belief system is on the, the mental side of things. I mean, take the Shaolin monks, for instance. The things that they are able to do physically is based entirely on their mental will i mean it's almost like uh, luke skywalker you know using jedi mind power have have you seen them you've seen them obviously i came across watching i guess it was just on youtube and a couple documentaries because i had this exercise for mostly for the athletes that you take a huge bucket of rice you dig into the rice and you're opening and closing your hands mainly for form strength grip strength found out that that exercise originated from the monks. It's just beyond comprehension how, what they do. It's crazy. And it's, again, it's all mental. I mean, that's where it starts, right? I mean, part of uh, my process, I mean, I do it while I'm working out now, but I meditate. I mean, to get back to your original question about healing, I, I, I really just believe that it's no greater than that. And also no less than, I mean, it's also a pretty incredible thing. 
I continue to put that out through through my meditation and through my thinking that I'm going to heal myself. But the universe keeps presenting me with things like certain kinds of exercise and continues to allow me to eat healthy all the time. And five years, I think it's been since I had a, a major shoulder surgery done. I was told that I was going to have to have a shoulder replacement within five years. My shoulder feels better now than it did 10 years ago. My surgeon can't believe it. There's some really great sayings, you know, in life coming from different people. And there's one saying, one quote, uh, Elaine, that has stuck with me for a long time. And of all places, you know, I, I've read uh, Plato, I've read uh, Aristotle, I've read all kinds of stuff. But of all the places I've read things, I heard this on, I think, Monday Night Football. <laughs> okay. The saying goes, the accumulation of work is a powerful thing. And I believe that 100%. I mean, you take that one good step today, follow it up with another good step tomorrow and continue on and on. Make those good habits. Within two weeks, four weeks, a month, a year, you can look back and you don't even have to think about all those steps and say, how did I get here? You can, you're there. You will be there and you don't even know how. And you just said that about your clients where they're like, wow, like I accomplished my goals and I wasn't even thinking about it. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> That's the universe in action. Cooking eggs into your oatmeal. You were talking about nutrition, and I remember you making this oatmeal with eggs in it, so you add protein to your oatmeal. I was just, yeah. thinking, I was just thinking about that the other day. Okay, how do you do that again? Because that was actually really good. <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned that, because I just finished having that after my workout. <laughs> I still like my eggs and toast and my other things, but this is my staple. I mean, my horses outside eat it. They're strong as a horse, so it's got to work for me. Your horses Probably, eat this? Did you just say you have horses? Uh, yeah, we have horses. You know, I mean, they, they eat oats. They eat nothing but oats and hay every day. I mean, look at a horse. They're they're crazy powerful. Sure, they've got the genetics, but if it's good for them, it's it's got to be good for me. That's what I think. Okay. However much oatmeal you happen to need for your body, I use probably a good cup and a half of oatmeal, maybe a little more. Milk, one egg, cinnamon. I love cinnamon. Sometimes some vanilla. If I have like real uh, vanilla bean, is always the nicest. It's, it's expensive though, but it's so good. That's good. And then I take my fork and I whip all that up. It's a, a good dollop of peanut butter. Microwave that. I'll take it out and I usually add some berries and some. Uh, I, I love I love cheese. I mean, I'm one of those people too. I, I could probably eat a block of cheese. So you put cheese on your oatmeal. Well, cottage, cottage, oh, cottage cheese. cheese. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can eat any kind of cheese. I just love it. Okay. Yeah. And then some uh, some yogurt. I mean, oh, I just love thick Greek yogurt. Oh, it's so good. And you mix that yeah, in? I, I was, you mix it into the oatmeal? Um, no, I usually don't mix the yogurt and stuff and I just eat it just right the off the top. You know? Oh, okay. Just okay. like a scoop. Okay. I was just in Greece not too long ago and I had for the first time like one of their classic desserts and all it is is just thick Greek yogurt. Uh, their natural honey mm. that they have. You don't need 10 ingredients. Two ingredients, it was unbelievable. I was in heaven. <laughs> I love Greek yogurt. It's so good. Self-built gyms and solo versus companion training. I, I feel like talking a little bit more about gyms. I mean, the, your program is about gyms after all. I don't know exactly uh, the spot that you're working at now. Can you describe the, the gym that you're working at? Doing my own workout? Yes. Well, right now, because the gyms are closed at yeah. home. But right now, today. Like, right you now? You probably did a workout today already. Yep. Oh, well, okay. So I'm currently 
in the date of needing to move soon. So when the lockdowns happened, I considered getting equipment, like a squat rack, some dumbbells, that kind of thing. And I just didn't want to add more that I have to move later. So I have a few sandbags. I just went to Home Depot and got a whole bunch of sand and I bought a big rogue sandbag for doing deadlifts, kind of heavier type exercises. But I did just take empty milk jugs to fill up and make little hand weights. Improvise. Absolutely. I have some bands as well. Supplement that with some body weight exercises. I got a chin-up bar. Everything's kind of stuck in the basement in the extra room full of boxes, kind of slowly getting ready to move and some random gym equipment here and there. So it's not... Well, so how, how big is the, the space you're working out in? The room itself is just kind of a standard, regular bedroom type size. Just, yeah. I guess average size. But then yeah. I just use the rest of the basement if I need, like I'll drag some of the equipment out into the basement area. Yeah, or... working the, the lunges and stuff like that, eh? where you got to walk floors and... That's a pretty good and, setup. I mean, your 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 workouts are effective, are they? They're yeah, they're decent. I mean, I'm keeping uh in shape. I don't think I'm for me because I love the squats. I love that kind of exercise, so I don't really have the setup to be progressing in that kind of way. But I'm definitely maintaining. I would say, and it's it's well, fun. Are, are like you, I'm I'm enjoying my workouts. Great. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. As long as you're enjoying it and you're doing something, you've got it. If you're not progressing forward, you're progressing backwards. So you're always progressing forward. That's something I've always known about you, Elaine, for sure. Tell you, I'll, I'll tell you about my uh, my current gym now. By by comparison, like I said, I, I've trained everywhere. You know, I love training outdoors. I love running in fields. I love doing the stair running and stuff. I'm not a long distance runner. I haven't ever really enjoyed it, but I do love sprinting, heavy bag work, boxing. I still love to lift weights. You know, it's such a good feeling from it and like such a, a good uh, mental elation, I guess, you know, get the endorphins going. So now that we're locked down, I haven't actually, Elaine, worked out in like a real gym for oh, probably three years, four years on and off here and there when I was out playing ball around the world in, in some spots. But for the most part, I haven't had that gym membership. My training started at home in the basement, like I said. Now, currently, it's happening outside in a, a bin that was probably built in about the 1940s. A bin? I mean, what do you grain, mean a bin? A bin. A bin? A grain bin. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, like it used wheat and, and oats and things in it. So, I mean, we're talking like uh, four meters by eight meters? No, ten. Let's say five by ten. Now, half of that bin has got racks. There are shelves that are made out of pallets. And the other half of the gym is basically my gear. I, I've been tracking around a, a squat rack for quite a few years. I mean, I used to live in Kelowna when I was playing ball out there. And that squat rack got bought out there. And it. It followed me back. I mean, this this has already been probably over 14 years. So my gym consists of the squat rack, the standard weights, like a couple 45s, a couple 35s, and on, on the way down. And uh, my heavy bag, which is essential, skipping rope. And because it's minus 20 and 30 out there quite often, you know, heavy coveralls and a couple floor heaters. It's pretty rough in it. So the I, green, the green you, bin like, isn't heated. I, I guess that should be obvious, but... <laughs> I mean, uh, let me tell you, I mean, I, I hate to gush about my gym, but there's a couple of things. The floor, for instance, is made out of an old fur. So it's super tough, but it's still like, it's so pliable for skipping. It's so easy on the knees. It's unbelievable. And the other thing is, like I told you, I love to meditate while I'm working out. I don't use music or anything very often anymore. I mean, there, there could be times if I went to work out at a, a city gym or something, again, I'd probably put some earphones in. 
But in this gym, there's nobody around. Like our nearest neighbor is two kilometers away. Dead quiet out there. I mean, you can let your mind just create. Just working in a gym, I know a lot of motivation for people coming to the gym and work out is a social aspect of it being around other people. I was just talking to a client about this the other day, actually, and he said that he likes to go to the gym because he likes to see other people suffering with him. (laughs) (laughs) He's not miserable in his own suffering. It's kind of like a a group thing. He gets support from just other people being around, doing the same type of activities. So I have had people that I've trained with in the past, especially when I was bodybuilding. I had a really great trainer named uh, Kevin Henry. I mean, fantastic people to train with because you don't have to motivate them. They're self-motivated. And in that, you get two people that are working out, not because they hate it, but because they love it. I mean, you have to love that pain in order to want to go and work out like that every day. I mean, I I hate to say it. Like, you have to learn how to love it a little bit. And if you don't, Um, then you need to hire a personal trainer to make you do it. So that's why I have a job. Not everybody has that intrinsic motivation. <laughs> well, I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, the thing is, is that there's different levels for everybody. I mean, I don't expect the next person to want to train like me, but I also can't wait for you to train like me. Found myself being a trainer, a personal trainer. I mean, that was one of the things, I mean, I think you and me are built differently that way, Elaine. I mean, for me, when I had to keep motivating people like every day, like some people, you know, they only need motivation a little bit. Some people, they don't need motivation. Like they, they're happy to have your program and like they'll come work out with you, no problem. But some people, like they, they needed you to push them that hard all the time. And honestly, it was more mentally and physically draining for me to go through those routines with people that didn't really want to than it ever was for any like squat day, leg day training for, for me that uh, I had to like quote unquote suffer through. People have completely different motivations for wanting to work out. For some people, especially with very stressful jobs, part of hiring a personal trainer is just actually getting them into the gym because otherwise they wouldn't schedule a workout in. They're very schedule orientated where if something's scheduled in their calendar, they're doing it. So they hire a trainer so they can put it in their calendar to actually just get in the gym out of an office where they might have been, they might be sitting there 12 hours a day half my clients are lawyers so they have very long very stressful hours and just the benefit for them is just getting out of the office and just moving their bodies so for me it's just kind of wrapping my mind around exactly what that person needs and if it's just an hour break from the stress it's worth it worth it for them it's worth it for me it's worth my time that makes you a better trainer than me Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Trainers do dumb stuff. Let's have some funny stories. Let's talk about some funny gym stories. I thought my my gym stories were all funny. Just hilarious. (laughs) I've been laughing the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, well, as long as you're not laughing at me, you're laughing with me. Yeah, well, I guess we'll have to see what the story's about, and then we'll... we'll, Okay. Well, we'll determine where my laughing is directed. Yeah, fair enough, right? <laughs> well, I mean, funny gym stories, of course. I mean, I've got gym stories that are funny because of what other people did, and I've got gym stories that are funny to me for what I did. Now, I can give you one of me first because I don't really have a, a humility button that way. I mean, when I was getting into shape for softball, 
I heard about this thing called jump squats. And I'm like, oh, jump squats. That sounds like a good idea. If I can uh, jump and squat, I mean, obviously, it's going to make my legs stronger. So I go out and I'm using just body weight. And then I think to myself, you know what? If jump squats with no weight is a good idea, I bet you jump squats with weight is even a brillianter idea. This is more brilliant than any idea I've ever had. Let's do jump squats with weight. Okay. Well, I, I put 15, just 15 pounds on each side. No problem. I was thinking, well, you know, it, it's extra weight on my spine. And when you jump with extra weight, I mean, when you land, it actually increases the amount of weight. So I do a set like this and I'm like, yeah, that's not, not so bad. I'm still able to hold my core together and my legs are doing okay. I'm like, well, there's a bunch of people around and I probably look like I'm pretty cool right now. So I, I better put on some 25s and I don't want to embarrass myself, show that I can do this with a little bit of weight. Yeah, brilliant idea. I took two jump squats. On the first one, I could feel a little twinge in my back. Oh, no. You're just getting tired. No big deal. Second jump squat, I land, and I just felt like this click oh, in my back. No. I struggled with everything I, I had to hold my breath so I didn't collapse. I managed to rack the weight, and I sat there for about the next three minutes, just curled over on a heap next to the squat rack, I'm struggling to breathe. I'm not really sure if anybody noticed. Like, nobody came to my aid or anything. Like, they're probably too busy laughing inside and, <laughs> like, no idea what I did. But, yeah, like, I put my back out. I suffered for probably the next two, three years until I, I really felt like I recovered off of that. And, uh, like, some of those brilliant things, Elaine, like, you just, you wish that you would have thought them through before you did it, you know? I mean, yeah. The, Times where we have to learn to drop the ego. <laughs> yes, jump squats are good. They're a good exercise, but you know you can't do heavier than you should be doing. It's not about weight. It's about the quality of the exercise. Period. I mean, just do mm -hmm. jump squats, free weights. I actually put out my back too. Something similar. Lifting. I, yes, I was doing cleans. It wasn't even about the weight. I don't even think there was people around, so it's not like I was trying to impress anyone when you feel that first little tweak you need to recognize that and stop I did one rep I don't even know how far into the reps I was but I just remember one specific rep feeling something twinge in my low back and that's the point when you need to stop that's the point where you feel you need little, to stop yes you feel the little twinge and that's it stop right <laughs> that's right no I thought oh well I'll just keep going the next one I felt it go out. I knew something was seriously wrong right away. So I started walking. It happened so fast. Yes. So I started walking back to the trainer's office. By the time I got into the office, because my back was getting worse and worse, I was crawling on my hands and knees yeah. in the trainer's office. Yeah. And the other trainers are like, are you okay? Do you need help? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Leave me alone. There's nothing wrong yeah, with me. Nobody needs to know what I just did. Yeah, I know. I get, on, I get on the phone with my chiropractor. The receptionist said, oh, he's booked up for the next few days. I told her what happened. She's like, okay, give me a minute. She <laughs> went and talked to him. She's like, get in here right now. He'll see you yeah. right now. Just get over here. I was like, okay. <laughs> By that point, I couldn't walk. So I, I'm hobbling over, bent over with my hands on my thighs. I need to press against my thighs to keep me as upright as possible. But I walked, well, not walked, but hobbled over there yeah, like that. Yeah, you can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> People are asking me if I need help. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I did the crawl. You talked about the crawl. I did the crawl, like from the, the squat rack partway across the gym, then onto my feet just enough to get into the, 
locker room and like lay on your back for 20 minutes and hopefully it goes oh it was so embarrassing that way at that point I didn't even care anymore I just wanted the pain to end and I, I felt so stupid how can you be so dumb we're trainers we should know you feel that first pain stop now yeah I've injured myself I, so many times that now I'm now I'm smarter don't don't tell people that we're supposed to be perfect don't you know that personal trainers are supposed to be perfect this is the stuff that I get upset with my clients about. Why yeah, did you keep me. going? Why did you keep going if it hurt? And I get upset with my clients, but then I've done it enough times myself to... I know, but it's like, yeah, but I'm mentally tough enough. I can fight through this. This is nothing. Oftentimes, people that you're training look up to you and they they say things like, well, you know, you don't. it's easy for you. It's easy for you. And look how you look. I mean, you're always in the gym. I mean, you can eat whenever you want. You can train. I mean, it's easy to stay in shape. Yeah, it must be easy as a personal trainer. No, we're people too. We're people too. Yeah. I have days where I don't want to work out. I have days where I do stupid things and injure myself. Yeah, it's just all, we go through the same, exactly the same thing. And, well, and sometimes it's even harder. Oh, it must be so easy to get your workout in because you're at the gym anyways. Well, sometimes it is. Yeah, but, you'd think so. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> it's like at the end of a super long day, I don't want to stay at work kind of want a different environment I say you know whatever my client does yeah you do taxes so after doing everyone's taxes for 10 hours do you want to stay at work at your desk and do your own taxes for another hour yeah, before you precisely. go home such a good way to put it so sometimes I depending how busy I was at my gym I was working at a lot of times I would go do my own workouts at a different gym just to get a change of scenery just to get a different type of motivation because I just didn't want to at work any longer. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. I remember uh, the year that I did my bodybuilding. I was in Saskatoon and I was working at that ProFit gym, but that was more of the fitness gym. I mean, there were people that train hard there, but there was another gym in town called Ironworks that I used to go to because everybody at Ironworks tended to be like real bodybuilders, real power lifters. There were some university athletes that would go in there and when you were in those atmospheres and you were training on your own, but you were around people that were had similar training goals, I mean, that was so motivating that oftentimes when you did have those training days where you're like, ah, a little bit flat or not quite feeling it, you walk in there and see people like working hard. It's like, okay, I better pull my socks up here and this is going to be a fun, hard day. You, you need to look for those, those other outlets or those other places sometimes. I, I couldn't agree more. Overly ambitious leg training and symmetry. Any other funny stories? Maybe someone else. What you thought? You've had to have seen someone else doing something. Well, I mean, the thing is, I, I hate to have a, a laugh at other people's expense, and uh, with good friends, it's a little bit easier. You know, I, I like to work out alone. I did have other people I trained with. I'm going to give his first name only. His name was Lanny. Just an awesome guy. He was on the Canadian kayak team. I mean, his upper body, he was built. I mean, this guy could bench press four plates. He was so strong in his upper body. Uh, he, and we started working out together. And he said, you know, man, like our, our, or our coaches would never let us train our legs because they didn't want that extra weight in the boat. I said, yeah, buddy, like, sure. Like, let's, let's go do some leg training days together. Uh, we went to have our, our first leg training day. I go to him, okay, like we're going to do some, uh, you know, some pre-burns, like just to get loosened. So we do just a few extensions, some uh, leg curls, stuff like that to get loose. And then I go, okay, we're going to go do our, our squats starting light. And we're going to do like high, high sets working up to heavier weights. We wanted to do six sets. 
did one set, just 35 pounds, like something light just to get going. Did the second set, a plate and a quarter on each side. Yeah, just uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Something fairly light. We got through that second set. You know, you can start to feel your legs burning, but they're getting into the workout. And I look at him and he's looking at me. (laughs) He's starting to get this sweat come over his face, just thinking about the workout ahead. And I could just see how much he was already dreading it, dreading it. By the time we got through the third exercise, he looks at me and he just starts waving his hands in front of him. He's like, you know what? No, this isn't for me. Done doing legs today. That's it. That's it. I mean, honestly, that was my experience of uh, what a lot of guys are when it comes to leg day. I mean, guys, (laughs) yeah, you know, we like like ladies to see our upper bodies. You always see the guys flexing the upper bodies in the mirror, always. And you look at the girls and they're, they're always looking at the glutes and always looking at the hamstrings. Women are more about legs. It's such an odd thing. It's such an odd thing. You think that uh, guys could figure out how to train legs, but I mean, of all the things that have happened in the gym over the years to me, Elaine, I think that's one of the most consistently repetitive things that is funny to me is how you guys actually either know or like to train legs. I mean, has that been an experience? It's got to be an experience for you. That's universal, isn't it? I mean, women and men need to train legs, so we've got it right. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a question of averages, let's be honest. I For most guys I know, like they have no problem doing like two, three upper body workouts a week and maybe fit in that leg day here or there. But I think yeah. guys think that women just notice upper bodies, chest, arms. It's really Well, let's set the record straight. I mean, you're a woman, right? Um, yeah, I... Yeah. yeah, I thought so. So, I mean, do you notice legs on a guy too or yes. is it all about the upper body no. physique? It's just overall. So like pants, you're telling me pants aren't hiding anything? (laughs) (laughs) It's balance. I think what's noticeable is imbalance. So it's not necessarily that women are noticing legs more than upper body or upper body more than legs. I think when there's an imbalance, it's quite noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, symmetry is really what the sport uh, is all about. I mean, the sport of bodybuilding, the sport of fitness, right? I mean, w- when you're in it for long enough, it's honestly, Elaine, like it, it's true, isn't it? One of the first things that you do notice about uh, people who are training, uh, training properly, especially, uh, is the symmetry be- between all body parts. As soon as somebody has something overwhelmingly big, I mean, on guys, it tends to be, you know, shoulders, chest, biceps. I mean, it just doesn't look right. And as far as a, a in my opinion, of course, I mean, everything is, is all relative. When it comes to functional, I, I want to be the guy that can uh, can still get away sprinting if need be. You know, I, I need my legs to be strong enough because the ones that are in the back that are like top heavy or maybe bottom heavy, it's just going to be more to feast on. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting, too, is the lower body exercises is what produces more hormonal response, more kind of testosterone release. So if guys are plateauing in upper body size or development or whatever they're working on, adding legs in will stop that plateauing in upper body development as well. Must be a trainer to know all this. That's good information, people. That's really good information. (laughs) It reminds me of a story too, just in terms of training legs. I worked at a gym and someone else that worked there, he saw me squatting and he wanted me to give him some pointers on squatting. So he just came over and joined my workout. So 
we did a squat workout and it seemed to go great. I knew he was a beginner. So I, I thought I was being smart with the progression of weights. You know, he worked in a gym and he'd been training. So I thought we had a good workout. The next day he comes to work, just a scowl on his face. And he's like, Elaine, <laughs> I can't walk. I can't walk. He said, it took me forever to get to work. And if I, if I would have got mugged, if I would have got mugged, there's nothing I could do. I would just have to stand here and take whatever happened because there's no way I'm running. He was sore for well, two weeks. I mean, honestly, right there, there's a lesson, right? I mean, functional training is, is part of the deal. I saved my friend's life. Have you ever saved someone's life in the gym? Have I done what, sorry? Saved someone's life. Not knowingly, like, not that I've had to do AR or CPR or anything like that. I mean, if I give somebody some good advice that helped them out, I, I couldn't tell you exactly, but why have you? Yes. T- tell me that story. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> I had a friend that was working out at the gym. He's into powerlifting. The gym is empty. He's at one side of the gym on the bench press, and I'm at the other side doing just some smaller exercises with light dumbbells. I asked him if he wanted a spot on his bench press because he was doing heavy. He was doing over 400 pounds. For him, that's an easy weight. He doesn't need a spotter. So I was like, okay. Yeah, he answered you with his ego. <laughs> he, he was doing a very specific type of bench press where it was a pause on the chest. So you bring it down to the chest. You pause for, I don't know, five seconds, whatever it is, before you press up. He's doing his workout. I'm doing my workout. We're just kind of in our own little zone. One moment I glanced over and noticed he was at the bottom in his paws and I was like yeah the weight's not moving yeah and I was like okay whoa that's that's a really long pause I wonder how long he's pausing for and I didn't hit a massive negative yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't clue in right away and then all of a sudden I just realized oh my god I run over there his face is purple and he's starting to he's starting to say something trying to but it's not coming out He's, he's purple. So I he's get, suffocating. yes, he's suffocating. So I got, there's no time to kind of think what to do. So I get back there and I'm deadlifting that bench press off of him. Obviously he's helping because that's heavier than my, my max deadlift. Yeah. For, for oh, sure. Honest, you're pretty strong. You set some records here. I feel, I feel like adrenaline definitely helped out. But when I got it off of him, it took him a long time to start breathing again and he was just sputtering oh and my god he thought he told me he thought he was gonna die because he did not think I would be able to do that and he, adrenaline is an amazing thing I got it off of him I saved his life well now I can you know what that's amazing I can hold it over him forever now <laughs> remember that day I saved your life yeah literally <laughs> holding weight over top of his, his chest that's impressive. Yeah, you should have some sort of trophy or award for that. Just for the lift alone. Like, forget saving the guy's life. I mean, that that lift is impressive. Yes. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy he survived. I, I really am. I mean, I'm dude, happy he survived, not, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> I, I will say just for his own ego, you're not the only guy, man. Like, we've all done stupid things. We have all done it. So, everybody else out there, just check your egos. Be safe in the gym. Yeah, use your your head and enjoy your workout. Do we have to do a closeout thing like thanks for this and blah, blah, blah? Do we already have that or what? 
We don't have to, but we can. It's always nice to end it that way, isn't it? It is. I just, I had a lot of fun uh, talking to you and reminiscing about things and uh, especially like thinking back on old gym experiences, a lot of things that I guess I haven't thought of in a long time and it uh, brought back a lot of memories and it was really fun. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time to talk with you, Elaine. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I had so much fun. Thanks, Elaine. Join me Tuesday, March 2nd for my next episode, which is titled Sex with Demon. You will have to listen to figure that title out. Curtis Anderson joins me again to talk about gym management stories and clients who name exercises. I'd be like, okay, we're going to do 10 Brad Pitts today. And she'd be like, yes. <laughs> and she's so excited. Hey, tell me something. I'm so glad you were listening. That was fun. If we made you smile, subscribe because we're going to do this again. We post every first and third Tuesday of the month. Show us some love by rating our show and leaving a comment. Also, head over to thingsingyms.com with your own gym stories and fitness questions. With your permission, we may feature you in an upcoming episode. Until next time, thingsingyms.com.